millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hello and welcome to a very special Hugman 8 episode of Four Times in a Podcast. It's Hugman 8 at quarter past five and at the minute the boys will all be here in full force but at the minute it's just me and Andy. Andy, we last spoke before Christmas I think we were talking about the St Johnston game, that was a good one and then Wednesday night we were all at the, the Hibs game together which was which was a nice night out for us all. Um, four nothing one against Hibs, thought the team played really well. Um, you and Andy, yeah, sorry, you, Tony, and Darren, and Darren's wife, Shannon, had a lovely day during the day. Um, what do you remember for the Hibs game, if anything? And how good was it to see us play with such confidence? Ah, great to Good to take it in with. The four days all together, what sort of stunned together, um, at a game which is a rarity, um, even at Parkhead, we obviously, me, Tony, and Darren don't sit together, so um, good to take it in, good company, and a good result, but I thought there was a lot of good spells in the game. Score well, one of the scorers, especially in being Moy, surprised a lot of people. Um, he got a double, played really, really well. Um, but no, I think there was a lot to take away from the performance, and I think it says a lot when there's been so much discussion since about the team for the next game. I think that says a lot about the depth that we've got, which we've spoken about before and again, how we played. Delighted for Moy to get his goal, in all honesty. Um, I think he's a player that sort of split opinion when we signed him and he had a good World Cup and I think he does a lot of qualities there and I, I think it was good to see him getting the score sheet I think it was his first goals for the club so hopefully there's a few more of them to come um, we've always spoken about the value of having goals for the park and I think for midfield we're, we're generally pretty good at that um, so having somebody else um, alongside sort of McGregor, O'Reilly, Hitati for the middle of the park Tumble as well, chipping in with goals I think Moy um, showing that he's got that in his lockers is a big positive um, delighted for Maeda. I, I thought his goal was really, really well taken. Um, initially, it was him and the boy. I can't remember who it was. He faced up, but they both sort of. I think it was Cadden actually. 
Um, they both sort of lost their foot in a wee bit, but right away he's back up on it, running with the ball, trying to make things happen. And I think the thing we made, and Andrew spoke about it a wee bit as well, as well as obviously the press and everything else it gives you, I think he strikes a lot of fear into defenders because there's no, there probably isn't any defender that's got the legs to keep up with him. You see it across any time where somebody's get somebody's get pace like that. It's, it's not even just pace; it's acceleration. Um, Samaras was really good at it in terms of when they're facing a defender up. But if if they've got that ability and the defender knows it to knock the ball five yards and get there, um, it's a fucking difficult thing to defend against. And I think you see that a lot of the time. Maybe it gets a lot of stick and a lot of hard sort of harsh criticism at times. But I, I think. You see that, and I think that goal sort of displayed it pretty well. Nobody really wanted to commit to him too much. Um, and then the finish it's, itself was, was a, a sublime finish. Um, keeper was keeper just had no chance of saving it. Delighted for him. Um, and Apple had a good World Cup. And then Kyogo as well came in for a lot of stick recently. Um, there's been, obviously, the whole thing with Jackie Marcus. I know um, there was the period during October, if I'm right in saying that, where he was a bit dry with goals um, but again three games in the bounce now he's came back scoring four goals um, one and two of them and then the double against St Johnson so delighted for him as well getting another goal it's what you want to see just coming back for the World Cup just your players really hitting the ground running um, and especially with all the rumours going on with Jackie Marcus and other strikers like it's good to see that Kyogo really is sort of stepping up to the mark and uh, putting in putting in big performances and getting getting goals. Um, but I there was there was a lot of quality in the game. Danny, I thought again Hitati at right back. He's obviously he's got the assist um, for Kyogo's goal. Delightful pass. There was the one as well that came for the other side. Greg Taylor slipping a ball through. I think that shows you. I think that the game probably showed exactly why Ange wants to play that way and why we want the fullbacks to get in and go on the ball. In the, in the sort of central areas and, and be competent in passing and try to make things happen. And I think you've seen that for either side. Um, obviously, Hattati's resulted in an assist, but Greg Taylor's um, was a ball for one, one of the wide men to then go and sort of cross it. But I think you see the quality in that and why we do it. Um, Hattati, I thought, didn't have as great a game defensively as he did against St Johnston um, which is weird given that we never conceded against him but we did against St Johnston so probably a weird thing to say but I thought he maybe struggled to deal with um, I can't remember the boy's name is it Johan or something I think a pacey winger was maybe a better winger should I say um, that could have used his pace a bit better would probably have exposed to Tati a wee bit more. Um, he's not the quickest player in the world, and I think that can harm you as a fullback. Um, but again, he's he, he is near right back, so I'm really not going to sit and be too harsh. I thought he had a good game. He got an assist. You see all his qualities. Um, but I, I think that will be why we'll come on to talking about the game um, against Rangers. I think that's why we probably won't see him in at right back. Um, I think it would be too risky to be honest. Get up against like, Kent, who I know people say shite, but you kind of deny you get pace, and it's, it, that's exactly what they'll look today. So I think you just don't even allow it to come into the conversation. Um, but no, really, really good performance. Um, I just love seeing McGregor back in the team. Danny, I, I, honestly, since since he came back, I think it's just 
we, we tick differently when he's in the team and I, I think it just constantly driving the standards you see it even when the subs come on it's people are pushing um, and again I think a special mention for Rocco Vata um, came on I thought he, he, he looked good for the limited time that he had and I'm sure everybody's seen the clip and I really hope he has a long and successful career at Selic Hi um Funny what you say about McGregor, because I noticed when Vata came on, McGregor was right over him as he was running towards the, the wing and just kind of gave him a wee pat. And you see Merritt when you're at the game, but McGregor's such a leader. He's got, he you know, he's got the instant respect of everybody at the club, I'd imagine, and certainly all his teammates. Um, even the way Moy, you know, Moy's played at the highest level. He's played in the Premier League, you know, played at World Cups, but he was raving about McGregor after the game. It just shows the respect that the captain's got for that from everybody and the respect that he obviously gives out as well. I thought he was I thought he was brilliant again the other night. Um just the way he moves the ball is so good. Um and he, but the thing about McGregor is, is he makes everybody better around him. Um you know, he's there's, there's no many players that struggle to play with Carl McGregor since he's since he's been at Celtic and I thought he was brilliant. I thought Maeda had a great game. It was the boy Cadden. I think he's still probably waking up in the middle of the night thinking about Maeda getting by him. Um, I agree with you with Hitai. I thought he I thought he came into the game really well when he stood up there a few times the first half and made some good like, interceptions. I thought the first twenty minutes he struggled. Uh, and I, I actually thought it was a mistake to put him there again. Um because the boy Johan he was just getting by him. Um not doing much weight, but you know, he was exploiting them and not all Hibs' attacks were coming down that side at the first and then ironically they scored at the other side of the box the goal that could really do it but I thought they were really good I thought they, they played really well so I've, I think with Celtic as well as in, in all the, the cliches that they never stop and all that but when we score the first goal you never ever feel like we're going to lose the game I don't I'd love to see how many t- I know the semi-final Scottish Cup we scored first and lost but I wonder under Ange um, how many times we've I think that maybe that's the only time we've scored first and lost a game. Um, certainly domestically, anyway, because I thought we, um, when we get the goal, you see the team they just relax a bit and start knocking the ball about for fun, and it must be so demor- demoralising to the opposition. Because like Hibs are at home and they're expected they did a good one against Livingston at the weekend. They're expected to come out and at least put a fight up, but they did up until the first goal, and then after that it was just a bit of a procession. Um, and then the goals came in and I mean people are still what I bring up Kyogo versus Jackie Marcus and I think the sensible support members of support have never seen it as a Kyogo versus Jackie Marcus they've just seen it as two players that Celtic have got and you know if one of them is the score and the other one is and that's been the case since he's here I mean Kyogo came out all guns blazing when he signed Jackie Marcus was so unfit couldn't get into the team then when he did there were glimpses there that he was going to be a very good striker for us, but he was very inconsistent. And then Kyogo got injured. And then after the winter break, Jackie Marcus made the spot he's in, really, um, until the end of the season. Scored turners a big goals for us. So we've been, you know, we need to credit the manager for that, that the way that he's got the team prepared. But I'm happy to say Tony has joined us. Tony, me and you were together, sitting next to each other the other night, or standing next to each other, I should say, at Easter Road. Um, with I know what you made it because you told me, but <laughs> tell the listeners what did you make of the performance? I, I thought we were fucking excellent, as you can probably hear. I'm still trying to get my voice back. I flew in on Wednesday morning. I just got back to, to Ireland last night. 
and then I'm coming back here tomorrow for the game on Monday, so you'll need a plan to apologise for my voice. Ah, it was a cracking day out. I just, you know, Hibs away is a fucking tough game for us, notoriously. Um, since they've came back up, I've struggled there. I don't think Rogers ever won there. Um, I think Lennon won there once in the Cup. I think Forrest and Brown scored, but we've struggled. We've, sure, we've lost there. We've drawn games there. And just generally, even last season, the last time we were there was a 0-0. I know we beat them 3-1 maybe just over a year ago, but I thought it was tremendous. I mean, I think you turned around to me and says Rangers were 2-0 up and we'd barely kicked off. So there's a bit of an element of pressure on us there. Um, and it just, you, you expect Hibs to kind of, fly out the traps the kind of the start of the game but um, once we get started we were just phenomenal Moy takes his goal brilliantly his finish is superb uh, to catch it in the volley like that um, made his goals absolutely amazing he gets it just about the halfway line uh, Greg Taylor makes a really smart run takes away one of the defenders I don't know if it's Porteous and it just opens up and made us still got a lot of work to do but fuck me he does it and then um, I think I said to you at the time when we get the penalty, I was I was just convinced that Maida was offside. I just thought this pass can't have been that perfect. But again, massive credit to, to Greg Taylor. It was spot on and it's a stonewall penalty and Moy puts that away brilliantly. And then Kyogo's goal's a great bit of play as well. Hitati straight through to him and he's quite calm and composed and it's a good finish by the, the league's top goal scorer. So... Um, I had a smashing day, I really enjoyed it I thought the atmosphere was excellent The fans were in fine voice as usually are And I think they said it at the end of the game It's a case I bring on the Rangers And we go there on Monday with no much pressure on us We're nine points clear, worst case scenario We'll leave Ibrooks with a healthy points lead And probably a healthy goal difference Unless something disastrous happens But we'll be looking to go to that game a to go 12 points clear. Um, I know Rangers have won the last four games, but speaking to a few of the fans, I don't think there's been any major improvements. So, for the bookies' favourites, I think I think most people make as the favourites. Just uh, even though the last um, win at Ibrooks, we were great, I'd like to avoid the shaky start. I know it's difficult because they'll be up for it and singing and whatever else, but if we can just through the first 10-15 minutes which will be frantic or if we can get a goal in that period that'd be spot on but just need to make sure we're compact don't lose the early goal because as much as we can back the last time it always guaranteed so I think it's just a case play a football bomb at their fucking fullbacks, Barisic and Tavernier when you get the chance um, hope that we're not talking about referees on Monday afternoon, Monday night because I really guess a bit tedious, but I know John Beaton's not a particularly good referee, especially for us, but we'll see how it goes. But um, no, I mean, to be in this position is absolutely tremendous. We won 17 or 18 or something like that. I just incredible form. Um, hopefully we, we just keep it up and we see how we go on Monday. I think we've scored, how many goals is it now? Well, over 200 under Ange. I've seen a stat that I think in 36 league games we've scored more goals than the Invincibles did in 38 games, which doesn't surprise me. I think 
I say earlier on the season that this team will break the, the goal scored record and if you're going east of road and putting four past Hibs without reply, you've you've a good chance of breaking records for sure. Um but I'm just so delighted. I mean, this team it would be easy for them to kinda of take a day off or see they say oh, we're due to drop points, but you just don't feel it with them. They just they're relentless. Um it's just uh, it's, it's it's great fun to watch Hans Postacoglu's Celtic. This year's been brilliant for football. There's been many a high point, a couple of low points, but nothing drastic. Um uh, it's just been a really enjoyable twenty twenty two. I think Gigpo put up a thing yesterday about your favourite moment and you could really pick ten out, I think, quite easily. A different games, late winners, big results, etc. So um no, it's good to begin into a game against Rangers just full of confidence. Um, and I think that's just into the manager and the squad of players. They're a great squad. Um, obviously, we'll talk about the fact we've added to it as well. So, no, I'm delighted. Um, I'll get back to you. I'm just going to jump in and get Diesel, but I'll be back in a wee minute. No, so I think you're, you're spot on with what you said there. A lot of a lot of what you said. The Greg Taylor pass that took out five Habs players leading to the, the penalty was, was exquisite. And it's not the first time he's done stuff like that this season and he just I think at this point we, we were all told like eighteen months ago, the second seasons when you really see how good Postacoglu's teams can be. And we're sort of seeing that this season. It's stayed through the forum have been so so good that one blap is at Mirren aside. Uh, Darren's just came in, so bring him in. Darren, your thoughts on the Hibs game, but also if we'd have beat St. Mirren, you know, it could very easily have won every league game we've played this season so far. No, definitely, Danny, as you say, the, just on the Hibs game, also all four of us were there, it was a great night, but seeing Molly Shannon wants a shout out as well, she was there, of course, a good luck charm, but it was it was another great night, and the, see, the thing is, I don't even think Celtic were absolutely brilliant, I thought we were still playing in second year, next to the night one. Wednesday, like I thought, Hibs started well to their credit. Obviously, that goal that was offside that got disallowed, thankfully, but uh, I thought that they looked quite handy the first 15 minutes or so. But once they like, get their fit in the ball, like, like, I think it was, I know that uh, Lee Johnson gets a lot of stick for uh, some of what he says, but he was spot on about what he says. Like, about Celtics, when Celtics spot on it, like, it's hard to compete with him, and I think that goes for the rest of the league, and like, I include Rangers in that. Like, I know. People think that's just a bit bravado on that, but I generally think, as you say, we're 117 out of 18. Uh, the St. Mary game, we just didn't turn up. Just the, they are an excuse. We deserve to get beat that day. But I think Wednesday just showed how strong the squad is. Like, Rio Katati, the last two games, has stepped in at right back and obviously gets two goals against St. Johnston. But even even then, I, I know I've seemed to target him the first half uh, on Wednesday, but he, I thought he composed himself well and really. For somebody who's been playing centre mid since he joined Celtic, he really did step in there and they bother. And also, it was a great pass we had to set Kyogo up for the uh, fourth goal in the second half as well. It was, it was it, like you're know, speaking about Greg Taylor's pass. Like, it's literally like you were always told at the start how important the fullbacks were going to be. And whether it's been Taylor or Hattati or Ralston, Yaranovich, even Burnley, maybe they came on a football well, you've seen how pivotal they are. and I think we're absolutely flying. Like we've come back from uh, the World Cup break and we've just kept motoring on. Like obviously the Aberdeen game, it's the eighty eighth minute or whatever it was that Callum McGregor scored. But uh, since then we've just kept going and 
we will relentless and considering some of the positions we've been in when we've been going to Ibrooks, it's, it's brilliant to see here. And the, the best thing that I, I could see in any of this, is the fact that no matter what happens on Monday, like it's one of the games like we, like we get shown in uh, April and May, whenever it was, that we, that Scottish Cup semi final, we didn't really turn up for me. We still should have won the game, we won a lot and missed a sitter, but we didn't show up for the full 90 minutes and they took advantage, so anything could happen. But what, what I was going to say was, I think that the best thing you can say about Ange is that I think if Boss came out and we don't turn up in the same pattern, I think because of what Ange has built so far, there will not be any sort of panic buttons getting set, and that's that's just a real testament to the work that's been going on for the last 18 months. Aye, I think you're right, but apart from the panic buttons, there will be plenty of panic buttons at online if they don't win, <laughs> or worst case, get beat um, on Monday. But no, I, I think um, you're right about that. You're going to get into a position where at the very worst we're going to have a healthy goals like advantage in the goal scored goals like goal difference plus will be six points clear and I think as well as we don't have any sustained bad form under Ange so far you know the, the defeats or draws that we suffered I know at the start of last season we lost our first three away games but once we went to Pitodre and won it was a case I know we drew a few games but then we were like one and eight and nine in a row and <clears throat> we're growing really good runs so I think we drew Easter Road and then won every other league game up until the night we won the league at Tanadice so and that was a one each draw but uh, we, we just kept winning games when we had to and you don't get the sense that there is a you don't touch wood you don't want it to happen but you don't you don't get the the sense that there is a collapse in a Celtic team um, but look, looking ahead to Monday um, Andy I'll come back to you probably I think you answered it yourself earlier on but I'll just whilst the boys are here I'll get you repeat it again I think the I think for me there's two big questions about the Celtic team. Um, who plays it right back and does Moy keep his space in the team? Um, so, Andy, what do you think? Jinko will be your end of it? Do you think he'll throw Johnson in? What, what do you think he'll do? Will he keep Katati or Ralston? I don't think Katati will play. As I said, I thought if that boy that played wide for Hibs had any quality about him, then they would have had a few chances because he had him beat for pace a few times down the wing and I think, to be honest, look, can't shite all year round and then tries to turn up against Celtic once or twice, but he's got pace to burn. So I think that would just be what they would try and exploit. So I think you're best to avoid it. Plus, Hitati does his best work in the middle of the park. So I don't see why you would nail him, try to put him back there. Um, in terms of, I'm assuming there's an H and Shrugston's fit. So um, I think it would just come down to whether or not Juranovic is really going to, if there is any sort of concrete offers or, or whatever. but. I don't know, I get the feeling that even if there was, then you would still get a good enough performance out of them. I think the players that the manager signs are, have all got a certain attitude that even that when they're on the park, they will still get 100%. So I'd be fairly confident. And if, yeah, if it was Juranovic to come back in, um, I'd probably prefer that or Johnston because, I mean, a bit of a bastard there game to throw a boy in. But um, I'm sure Juranovic made his debut against Rangers, so I don't really see why there's any reason Johnston kind of do the same. Um, but I think it will be a recognised right back. I don't really see any reason why not. And I think probably harshly that means Moy will have to come out for Hitati going in the middle of the park. But you need to play your best team. Um, and again, as you said, it's not the end of the world if we don't go and win. But let's be honest, we all want to go there, turn up and beat them. Um, and I think I think that's what happened. I'd be fairly shocked if we went into the game with 
right backs available and don't play them at right back to put a central midfielder who's one of our best players in a right back. It just wouldn't really make sense to me. Um, and again, I, I think Moyes just he's the casual way that has to drop it. Um, unless maybe O'Reilly, but just because I think if you want to be really critical for the midfield, then he's probably the one that's been, I don't want to say poor, because he's not been poor, but put in worse performances than the rest of them, if I can say that. But aye, I reckon it'll, it'll be Atati, O'Reilly and McGregor and Moy drops it, and then I think because of that you'll get a, a recognised right back in it. And then I would think it'll be Juranovic just for stability, because he's done it a million and one times, and to be fair, if he is going to go, then it's one hell of a well if he turned up and had a big performance and we win there. I, I, th- I think it'll be Juranovic myself. Um, and I do think Moy will drop out. I, I just don't get on board with the shouts to swap, take O'Reilly out. I think O'Reilly's too good. And O'Reilly, the positions that O'Reilly takes up on the ball and after the ball are, are vital to the way that we play. And I thought he was very good the other night. Um, and he doesn't always, you know, he never finishes games with 100% pass like completion rates, but he never plays a bad pass any time. He's always looking to play the killer ball or the right pass or something that opens the team up. So I think he's very, very, he's got to be very useful in Monday because in games that are there a lot of space, he tends to find a lot of space and he can harm um, them and plus a bell for the first goal. So I need time to play. Um, Tony, have you, where, where would you go? Um, would you keep Moy in the team? How would you draft the team on Monday? No, I think for your two questions, it's a simple case of Juranovic comes in at right back, Moy drops out and Hitati plays. It would be harsh on Moy. Don't get me wrong, if, if that's not the decision and Moy starts and O'Reilly or Hitati drop out or Hitati needs to play at right back, then and so be it. I wouldn't be disappointed if Aaron Moy plays. It's just more the the fact I would rather a, a right back plays the right back. I like players playing in their position, and we've got a big enough squad to make sure that happens. Um, to be fair, if Alistair Johnson come in within a few right backs, play their first game at Ibrooks, it'd be really good. I think when it stands out, I, I don't know if I can remember his name right. I think it was Hatim. El Hamid or something like that, under Lennon. He, I remember he had a great game against Rangers. Juranovic uh, has been good against them generally as well. So, But I think, as harsh as it is, I think Moy might drop out. But if he starts and O'Reilly is bench, and so be it, O'Reilly would be a great option to come on if you need him at any point in the match. So There's so many different questions. I mean, who do you start wide? Do you start Maida and Abada? Do you start Jota and Abada? I don't know, a, can you really drop Jota, your, your most expensive player? For me, no. But I don't think you can drop Maida either. I think he's he's always put on a shift against Rangers. His pressing is usually really good. So I think Abada, for me, would stay in the bench and then come on. I think he's absolutely fantastic whenever he's come on this season. I think he came on up at Tannadice and scored a hat-trick. So I, I, that's why I would play Kyogo up front, just because... Well, he's he's in good form, and Jack Abakis and Kyogo are both due goals against Rangers. So, hopefully, this is Kyogo's big kind of defining moment where he's done everything else. He scored in Europe, he scored hat tricks, he scored big away goals. This could maybe he's one if he can if he can make the difference at Ibrox, which would which would be huge for us and for him. So, but again, I think it's good. It's a wee bit like uh, under Rogers, where you had so many options, where you're kind of happy either way. And you've got faith in the players, kind of either way. I think the defence out with right back and keeper picks itself will be Starfield 
Vickers and, and Greg Taylor uh, with, with Joe Hart and goal. Um, McGregor's a guaranteed start. Um, I, just, I just can't see him dropping Hattai. I think as much as Hattai's done okay right back, he's he's too good in the midfield. That's where he scored twice into the infield midfield position. So for me, there's no, there's no way you can, um, you can put him in right back or, or drop him. I don't think that would be that would be a fair decision. Um, but no, that's, that's the thing. With the five subs, you could be looking at, say you need a goal in the game, you've got Jack Amakis, Abada, Moy, uh, potentially Alistair Johnson on the bench. You have four people you can bring on that you could hope can make a difference. I don't know if um, Ayawata could play. I don't know if it's maybe a bit soon for him to, to even be on the bench, but um, I think I'd say Johnston and Kobayashi is expecting to have, so... And uh, Hagsabanovich is injured, which is a shame because I'm a big fan of him. So, um, no, I think when it comes to injuries, I think Rangers are still missing a few players like um, Kemar Roof and um, I guess Tom Lawrence is maybe out. So, we'll see how it goes. Um, but I think it'll be Hattati or Ailey, um, McGregor. And I think the front three will be made of Kyogo Jordan. I, I think you'll be right as well. Although Abada does like it against them, but I think he's better at Parkhead. Um, thought he came on at the two one game and missed I think he missed two sitters. Um Darren, we spoke about this when we were leaving Easter Road the other night. Do you think Moy might be used in the beat on role where if we are a goal up you can bring him on in a second off just to kinda of see it out or keep possession? Aye, very much so I think Aaron Moy sort of plays at that base where he can sort of throw him in at any point. Like he's he's right up there for deserving a start of course, but I think the boys have got it nailed on, I can't see and like Cal McGregor's obviously nailed on. I can't see any way that Hattati or O'Reilly gets dropped. Like Hattati's been superb, and although O'Reilly's maybe his stats only backing up, I think it was you that shared the graph with the other day, Danny, with the like, sort of involvement in our attack play, and Matt O'Reilly was at the top of it. I think Greg Taylor was second, so it just shows how pivotal he really is to what we've been doing, and like we've been free scoring for the uh, majority of the season, so like. I can't see any of them getting dropped. I know I've been quite a critic in Matt O'Reilly at some point this season, but I think Anjan will be very much aware of the quality that he brings. And I think there's a good chance that, a bit like eh, the February Parkhead game and the, the one in September there, I think we might do the damage in the first half and then uh, maybe about the 55th or 60th minute mark, he looked to bring on something like Moy and just sort of control the second half. and. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the way the game goes. Like I'd, I'd be absolutely stunned if you're Andrew Sisney playing unless there's an app, unless there's a deal that's physically been signed or verbally agreed or whatever. I, I think it would be completely reckless and careless today again, other than playing. Like he was on the bench on Wednesday, so he's clearly ready to play a part and looking for for home enough to be announcing players eh, before the transfer deadline. If there was some sort of deal done for your Andrew, which I think we would have announced it as well. So. I think when you've got one of the players who's one of the standout defenders in the World Cup and you've got him available, you need to play him like Hattati done brilliant at right back the last two games, but they probably get away with it 95% of the time in the SPFL, but this is probably the 5% where you need a more recognised fullback because you're going to be up up against more attack threat than you are for the majority of your games. And I am, I think, as I say, more off the bench for me. And I think Tony makes an interesting point about the sort of wingers. I think that's going to be really interesting to see what Ange does because obviously he has been on the bench the last two games and Royce came off the bench. And I, I, I would be particularly surprised if he was on the bench again come Ibrooks. But I think 
Abada obviously in September done the damage to him and uh, Maeda Kestudley. I know he can frustrate at times, but I think his performance in the two one game uh, back in spring last year was uh, just outstanding. Like he was like Jackie Mack has got a lot of credit and Carter Vickles example, but Maeda was just I thought he was man of match that day. I thought he ran Rangers ragged and should have won a penalty as well. And I think like I think you make a good point about Abada maybe been more suited to the Celtic Park game and I think Maeda's probably more suited to the, the Ibrooks game like you've seen, I remember one bit in the second half of Ibrooks last season we won two and where uh, the boss sort of got lofted forward and uh, Maeda made it and he was near the corner flag and I think he turned around and the nearest Rangers defender was about 30 yards away from him I think, I think he'll be he should be confident with that goal he scored during the week and I think he's, he's another one who's completely pivotal to how he plays so I think I think Tony's got it nailed on. I think it'll be Jota and uh, Dyson Maida in the wing with Kyogo in the middle. But I don't know what you think about that, Danny. I agree with you two. I think it'll be I think it'll be Jota on the right, Maida on the left, Kyogo through the middle. I think you I think that's where a lot of teams get a lot of joy against them and we we'll be no different as it wide. I think Maeda will run will run their whole team ragged anyway, but up against Tavenier, like if Tavenier wants to get forward. I know Baida does a lot of work going back and I know it's risky because their, their whole game seems to be get the body tavernier and they put a cross in the box. <coughs> but if we can defend the cross, I would just have Maeda. Whenever they've got the ball, we Maeda should just be stoning at the halfway line on the left wing, just keeping himself on side and just ready to break at any point. Cause I'm pretty, I mean, I was very drunk in that 2 1 game. I'm pretty sure he passed that body sail down. And ran on and got it and looked up and there was nobody near him within about thirty yards. Um, and I think you're right with the wee kind of differences between him and Abada. Abada's probably more suited to us, you know, at home. Uh, he's probably spurred on by that. My does because I'm not saying we'll play in the break against them because we, but they will probably have married the ball at home than they do at Parkhead. So it's horses for course. I think Iranovic will play. I, I can't see any situation they'll not play. Um, I thought his interview with Celtic TV. Was it released yesterday or the day before? I thought that was very uh, pointed towards him playing on Sun- uh, Monday. I'm forgetting what days it is. But um, before we do predictions um, for the game, because I know that's what everybody's listening in for, um, we did sign Tomoki Iwata from Yokohama. Um, it was announced in that so a third player who's come in behind Kobayashi and Alistair Johnson. So we've got another takes for Japanese contingent up to six. Um, although I think it maybe spells the end for Idaguchi. I'm not too sure if he'll be around at the club um, for too much longer. He's not really made an impression. Um, unluckily got injured on his debut, or his five was his first start, and uh, never really kicked on since then. But the other boys that have come in um, have all been revelations, really. I mean, Kyogo's brilliant, Hitati's brilliant. <laughs> um, Maeda's very effective as well. I'm excited to see this boy. He's meant to be a kind of centre-half stroke defensive midfielder. Probably plays more in the middle of the park, listening to what Andrew was saying. But um, I don't think it's a bad thing to have versatile players. I know we get slagged last year for having utility players, but um, it's another option for us going for, uh, at the back or in midfield. And competition's really healthy for places, so hopefully he comes in and if he gets into the team, you know, he's a current player of the year in Japan, so and he's in the Japan team, which Hitachi and Kyogo aren't, so he must be brilliant. Um, but I just before um, predictions for Ibrooks, what has been the three of you, and I'll go last, what's been your best moment of 2022 following Celtic? Andy? 
I mean, I think put me in a spot here. Best like, moment as an at a game or just the like, overall moment? Because if it's overall moment, I would probably say, you know, see that see that there was a point last year where that sort of obviously when Ange first came in, I was in twenty twenty one, I was sort of I wasn't thinking that I, I thought it would maybe be a sort of two year period before we managed to win the league again, which I think a lot of people were sort of on that boat that we had to we really had, we really had to build something because the team fucking had to be ripped out and rebuilt. Um, but when we beat them at the turn of the year, and and I just felt like that that was the moment where I had I just had belief and I couldn't believe what the manager actually managed to achieve. And I think that's probably the best moment if you, if you want, as opposed to sort of picking picking a game specifically, um, because there's been that many because we scored that many fucking last minute goals. So my heart doesn't know what it's doing at times. But I would say the moment I realised that. The managers actually built a team capable of just coming right back and just ripping the league title right back after them, um, and sort of restoring us as champions. That that is just because I felt that it was so far away. Um, like with them, fairly they sort of end of the previous season into the manager coming in, and then there was the dodgy results. Um, and then the new year came. We brought in obviously the Japanese boys, as you were talking about a couple of minutes ago. We brought in even a few more of them. Um, along with another couple of players, and it just really we just kicked on, um, and, and we looked unstoppable at times. Um, and then, as I say, beating them at Parkhead was just that, that that was just the best moment for me. Um, when I realised that we were actually going to win that title, and I would say that's probably the moment of the year. Tony, um, that's a good one. Found it that happened in February, and it, it might it might actually be hard to top that. But have you got a different moment that's your favourite Celtic moment of twenty twenty two? I've really enjoyed being in Angie's press conferences, to be honest. Um, I think meeting them after we beat them 4 0 was really good. Um, enjoyed that, I must admit. Uh, he's always been good fun to talk to. And in terms of, I think one of the league was just unbelievable. After that year we had with Leonard and <clears throat> get the piss ripped to us on Twitter and all that, carry on. To, to bounce back and beat them to that league title while they were losing a, a European final was you couldn't have wrote a better end to a season unless we'd won the treble but um, I won in the league that was that was really special I didn't think we'd a fucking hope in hell when we announced Postacoglu and um, we won it we had a good bit of style with some great wins it was just there's so many moments but when we when that full time whistle went and we had won the league, that was a, an emotional moment, just a, just brilliant. Um, so I just a, a fantastic year all in all. But um, getting to meet Ange was good fun for me personally. And but from a football point of view, um, the the, the full time whistle when we clinched the league, watching that way. My close friends and family was, was superb. That'll be another popular one, I'd imagine. Tony, Darren, have you got any different from the first two boys? I see, mine's just quite an obscure one. It's not no obscure, because I think it was a great day for a lot of people, but mine's would see the game before we won the league when we beat Arsenal 4-1 at Selly Park. I think for me, that was when I finally relaxed and realised we were going to win the league, because we'd obviously drew one each way the week before, and we needed, I think, the three points didn't steal it. All but sealed it. It was doing a goal difference or whatever, but and we also went behind early that day, and I think when we turned it around in the celebrations after that, you could see it in the players as well that we'd been going on and on. I think everybody felt that we were in the league, but I, as Tony said, from what had happened the previous season, like you were obviously 
scarred and worried that something's going to go wrong. So I think that game for me, like I probably would have picked the Motherwell game where we lifted the league title. But I was, I'd say unfortunately in Italy, but I was I was quite sunning myself and getting steaming and holiday in Italy. So if I'd been there, it might have been that. But for me, that Hearts game. Four uh, one at home uh, to all but seal the league was was really one that I think it was the best I'd felt about Celtic in a long, long time. Danny. I agree. I think that was a great day. Um, seeing as I'm going last, I'll just give you a rundown of my top fifty. Um, the Abada goal against them in February when you go three nil up after like thirty four minutes or something. It was. I mean, we hadn't beat them in like two years, so that or just over two years, so it was a lot. of Relief that I was like, they were actually going to first of all beat them. And <coughs> we'd played really well since the turn of the year. And that was the kind of culmination of that. And to put them in that place like that, whilst we're still chasing them at the time, you know, it was. And then it go to the league and we just never looked back for there on in. And that was great. And uh, the Hearts game was great because you were at, that, as you say, Dan, you were at that point where like, we, we, should, we should be all right. We should win the league, but. You know what? What if? And then Hart score after a couple of minutes. And as you say, the season before, where you know it was kind of turkey shoot towards Celtic. It was it was special to um, that Hearts game and the celebrations at the end and the way they turned it around and played really well in the second half was was really good. And then the Tannadice game winning the league. It, you know, Tony was quite simple and effective, but it's just that moment when you win the league and it, you realise that it's done and the players celebrate and they, you know they take all the acclaim. Um, was was brilliant. I know we because we didn't win that and it was a one each draw, but we were practically done anyway. Um, I think we'd have to have lost was it about fifteen goals or something. Um, so, but just to get over the line and plus because that came automatic Champions League qualification as well. It was you know the league it means Everton in this country. Don't get me wrong, it means Everton every year. Um, the last couple of titles have meant more than maybe most of them. You know, we ten in a row, but not first eight and one of them, and then. The most important one's the next one, of course, but last year getting to the, or the current one, I should say, but getting to the the Champions League was such a huge result for us because we've notoriously found it rather difficult to qualify for it um, over the last few years. So to, to get automatic qualification was probably, at the back, don't get me wrong, it was made a thing of because we were, we were talking about it all season, so we're a lot of folk, but just to get that reward for winning the league was, was special as well and, and we, I thought we acquitted ourselves really well in the Champions League but um, I don't know, I've got a few personal moments like the other night was brilliant when Maeda scored the other night and I thought Tony was going to lift me up at Easter Road um, was brilliant and just being at the fit with your mates and that and uh, Tyne Castle with KB when Taylor scored the winner, Greg Taylor who I got a bit of stick for supporting on here from time to time but that was brilliant, but I think beating them at Ibrooks because <laughs> people, you know, people kept throwing doubts at his team last season, and it was like oh, he's never really had a big test because an angle, you know, we, but he's already been to Ibrooks, I but his team have never been tested, and then that was like such a big game, and you kind of seen the boys that Celtic had that day going there, falling behind early because I, I mean we were on the group chat and we were all speechless after three or four minutes thinking. I think I said that this could be the reverse of what happened in February, you know what I mean? They could be free up on us. And then we equalised with our first attack of the game and then just didn't look back, just completely dominated them in terms of keeping the ball, all the territory, all the chances. <clears throat> we get in front before half-time and then just never look back. And it just showed you the kind of... There was a... 
like this is me personally, Rassi, and I thought there was maybe about a nearly men FC about us where we'll be great up until it really matters because we couldn't could have been happy to get Livingston and drop points and stuff. And when we played Livingston at home and Jagged Matt my start penalty, but going to Ibrooks when it was like people were just thinking like you know, I think we're only three points in front and knowing that a win would probably just about get us out of the line was just amazing and just the final whistle that day and then going out to meet Tony after it and it was just brilliant and it kind of, you start to believe that I was going to Italy for a, a wedding, my best mate's wedding that week as well, so it was just a brilliant, <laughs> brilliant time but it was, um, that'll certainly be my moment that I'll remember that I'll cherish you most because we won it ugly you know, and we've scored a lot of goals this season, but like Bayfler goals were dead scrappy, and uh, it just kind of showed a different side that I they might be kind of flashy, they might want you know have quick players that play one touch passing, and you know fullbacks that I played midfield, but see when they need to roll their sleeves up and dig in, they can do it as well. And we were worthy, worthy winners of the league last season, and we'll be worthy, worthy winners of this season if we keep going the way we're going. But we've probably rabbited on enough. So Andy, what's your prediction for Monday? Andy's went quiet, Tony. No, I'm here, I'm here. Um, I'm going to say, I've been a bit back and forth in my mind trying to make my mind up because I knew this question was coming, but I'll say 2 0. And I think Yota and Matt O'Reilly, Matt O'Reilly will get the first and Yota gets the second. Um, and it's a great day for all involved and a happy new year. Tony, any advance on that? 3 uh, 0 Celtic. Uh, I think Kyogo got a double. Dysabeda's due, eh? Dysabeda's due. So I'll go 3 0 Celtic. Kyogo um, double and then made it a wrap it all up. Darren, you get any advance on 3 0? I've not got an advance on it, but I was going to say 3 0, so I'm going to stick to that as well. I think that I gave it away early when I said that I think we're going to come out and blow them away the first half. I think we'll be 2 0 up at half time. I think, just for you, Danny, I think the first goal will come from Matt O'Reilly. Uh, I think he'll justify being kept in the team and finally get his first goal of the season. And then I think Kyogo will get his first goal against them. I think he would have gone in September had they not been uh, rugby tackled in the first minute by that smelly scouser. But I think that he, Kyogo will finally get his goal uh, to put his 2 0 up at half time. I think Aaron Moyle will then come on and sort of dictate the second half and will play at the main tempo before Abada will come off the bench and get the third one to send myself and 707 others crazy in the corner. Oh, that's right, you're going. Um, all the very best. Please bring us back three points. Um, I would, I've said it all week, but I'd take another nature now just to get out there with nine points. But I do think we'll turn up to beat them. Um, I think it'll be three one. I don't. I think everybody seems to just expect them to come flying at the traps and score against us, and it's all about how we react. But I think, um, I think we'll go two up. I think O'Reilly will score first. I've had that in my mind that he's saving his first goal of season for Ibrooks, and I think we'll go two not and up in the first half, and then I think late on they'll pull one back, throw everybody forward, and Maeda will catch him off in the break late on and score. Because I think he might he might leave Maeda on uh, to use his pace late on. Um, and I think Kyogo will get his first goal against him as well. He'll get the second. Uh, I don't really care who scores for them. But aye, so that's been hard to believe it, boys. It's been another year, another year in the podcast. It's for basically three and a half years we've been doing this now. So if you've stuck with us all this year, um, thanks very much. And if you're planning on sticking with us in the new year as well, we'd be delighted to have your company. It's been a good year to be a Celtic fan in 2022. And let's hope that 2023 gets off to the best possible start and the year just kicks on for there. So thanks very much to everybody. On behalf of the four of us, um, have a very good new year when it comes and all the best for Monday. <laughs>
Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., 